We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, close to the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house! This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Bridgewater. Throw into the end zone. Touchdown! Samuel still on his feet inside the five to the end zone. Touchdown! What a play! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He pounded. All right, another edition of the Roar Podcast. Two guys are back together again, John and Billy, after. A day off on Tuesday. Billy, welcome back, buddy. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. I'm keeping up with these annual training camp clips we're finally getting blessed with. So it's good that football is back in the air. Let's hope everything goes according to plan so we can play week one. Keep it that way, please. We love it. The uh, teams are putting out uh, some good content uh, around the league. The Panthers are no different, of course. And 
some of the reporting has been uh, a little more enhanced here the past couple of days as restrictions have been loosened. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to talk to Nick Carboni from NBC Charlotte here in a minute. Uh, hey, Billy, we got a new punter, Corey Vedvik. That's a name we've heard around the league here. Former Ravens punter. He's been around. You know, he's ping-ponged around the league, played at Marshall. He had a 92-yarder uh, in college and is a interesting story. We can dive into that, too. But just your initial impressions. You saw some clips of Joe Charlton from USC, who we talked about in our preview show. And uh, he's, he's had a rough uh, couple of days at camp. What, what do you yeah. make of this? I mean, th- this was coming. I don't know who they were going to claim or who they were going to sign or who they were going to trade for. Yeah. But I thought as soon as I saw that clip, and I've been kind of a little quiet on Twitter these days, but when I saw that clip, I had to respond. When he just completely <laughs> shanked it out of the entire field. I mean, yeah. it's looking like it's in you know the Charlotte skyline for all I know. <laughs> um, but no, I thought this was expected. I mean, I, I understand that Polardi is a pretty formidable punter so replacing him is not going to be easy um, but at the same time you don't want to just give the job to anyone either so I felt like um, you know and I, it's a little difficult for the Panthers too because they didn't really understand the severity of Polari's injury so they were kind of I mean it's not like they could have signed a better punter like in March or April right, right. Uh, but no Vedvik um, yeah he had a really tough time as a kicker Last year, if I'm not mistaken, he, uh, he got traded a couple times, and he yeah he played for a couple teams, and he just didn't really get it done kicking the ball. Um, but as a punter, I'm, I mean, it's fine. It's a low risk move. They claimed him, so I mean, if he performs, you know, at a level that's just above Charlton, then I don't see why you wouldn't go with him. Right. I, I think we're pretty much where we were before because it's an unknown here with Vedvik, other than the fact that he does have a cannon of a leg here, and I think. Uh, you know, some of that experience could be good. You know, he's been around the league a little bit. He's played for five teams. <laughs> he's only had some experience in terms of the uh, the punting game, very limited experience. He did kick last year, as you said, week one against Buffalo. He missed a field goal in PAT. You're, you're hoping that doesn't even translate because Joey Sly should be taking care of that stuff full time. But uh, yeah, like you, it's a low risk move, but I, I saw the clips of Charlton and, you know, you don't want to shit on the guy completely cause it's a couple clips, but man, when you're shanking the ball into Cedar street, that's, that's never a good <laughs> idea. I saw Nick's tweet earlier. He's like, people jog on that. Somebody can get hurt and he's not wrong, man. He's not wrong. Uh, hopefully they'll shore that up. But, uh, as you said, coverage units and all that play a big part too. And we'll keep breaking that down as we get closer. So camp overall, you know, I know uh, you've been in and out here the past week or so. You've had your hands full, and, and I've been busy too. But I've caught a little bit of what's been going on at camp here from guys like Joe Person, Nick Carboni, uh, the team's uh, live stream there. Do you have any initial impressions, anything you've noticed here the first week of camp? Um, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, I think those guys that you mentioned are doing a good job of providing live coverage. And, I mean, I was kind of checking in and out of the live stream they provided um, I didn't unfortunately get to the team portion, but I did see some of the drills they were doing. Um, yeah, I saw your clip of Rule, you know, falling over on the tackling dummy. <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. I'm, I was actually watching that part live as well. But yeah. no, I mean, there's really not much to discern, in my opinion. Um, and, and it's nothing against like the team itself. It's just no. that, you know, when you're facing the same competition uh, every day, it kind of gets repetitive and. Um, and we'll talk to Nick about this shortly too. It's just that you know I think most people 
already know that the Panthers don't have a very good defense. So when I see like Teddy Bridgewater is having a great day or uh, D Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are lighting up the defense. Like I I take that in with the appropriate context, knowing that the defense is still a work in progress. How do you decipher training camp? Typically Billy, you and I've only been doing this show together for a few months and I've only known you for about, about a year now often on Twitter. When you look at camp and you look at some of these reports, do you, did you take it with a grain of salt? Because I honestly do. I covered camp last year, and I tried to be very honest with people. Look, this is very much scrimmage season. You're, you're seeing things that you won't be seeing. So just caution with everything you see here. Do you take that same approach when you look at some of these video clips? Yeah, sure. And I, I totally agree with you. And I would even go a step further. I would say that because they're not playing preseason games this year, I really – I mean, I'm not saying it's worthless. I'm just saying that it's – really difficult to create a, a type of a an agenda almost off of what you're seeing um, in, in these clips. So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We know Christian McCaffrey is a fantastic outrunner. So when you see him beating Tahir Whitehead, it's, yeah. You know, I mean, you expect that. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, for me, I, I take it, training camp in years past has just been, okay, I see a clip um, from the team or from one of the beat reporters. I'm like, okay, that looks pretty good. And I'll keep that in mind. But then once you the games start to begin, um, yeah, preseason games specifically, I, I try to, um, you know, form a larger kind of, you know, analysis off of what that game entails because you're facing a different op- opponent. But still, even then, with preseason, you have to keep in the correct amount of context. Yeah, you're right. That fourth preseason game often gets overblown. I was listening to Charlie Weiss on the radio earlier, former Patriots uh, OC, Notre Dame coach, and he brought up, you know, the, the point that we all understand that you see a lot of guys in that fourth preseason game putting up 300 yards uh, in terms of the quarterback position. And then fans start claiming, well, this is a guy we want to see. This is a guy that we got to get in the game. And then obviously he's going against competition that is, you know, usually substandard and guys aren't going to be in the league long playing that fourth preseason game. So you got to take it all with a grain of salt. Uh, just quick thoughts on what's going on in New England here. You know, I know this is a Panthers podcast, but we've been monitoring the Cam Newton stuff. And, you know, <laughs> you called it, you know, the Jared Stidham film from from his days in college just didn't really jump out and impress you. And, you know, there's not much to decipher from his NFL days. But the media, of course, wanted to take Belichick's word for it that this was a true competition. Hey, maybe it is. But the reports from camp there just seemed to indicate otherwise. Uh, do you feel there's any way Cam Newton's not the starter week one in New England? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, I, I'm seeing a lot of. Uh, negative reports on Stidham. Um, I haven't really seen much. Um, I, I guess I haven't really seen much like Newton type of not positivity, but just in general, like how he's doing. A lot of the beat reporters like have been focusing on Stidham and how yeah. he's been struggling. Right. Um, yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't say likewise. I haven't seen much on Hoyer either. So, uh, I mean, just to speak specifically on Stidham, I'm not really surprised by it. He just in my opinion, really isn't ready to be a starting quarterback in the, in the NFL. So uh, when I see those reports, I'm kind of just like, I mean, to be, I mean, that that's what he's been for a few years now. So it's right. not really like a huge shock. Not a huge shock. Well, we're going to talk all Panthers here in a minute here with our good friend, Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte sports director, right after this on Blue Wire. 
Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back at the NFL, folks. With NFL NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, we're back on the Roar Podcast, Blue Wire Networks, John Ellis, Billy Marshall, and our good friend Nick Carboni. Sort of turning into a little weekly uh, stop here for him. We're very, very appreciative of his time. Nick was at camp today uh, for the Panthers, and uh, there's been limited access, of course, this year, but we appreciate his eyes and ears on the scene. Nick, how are you, buddy? I'm great. You know, I'm fresh off actually having my eyes and ears on the scene. Uh, yeah. So that's that was really good and, and a good kind of an info session to be at Panthers training camp on Thursday for the very first time. Uh, you know, attendance for the media is is limited for obvious reasons. We've been there as a station. Uh, my partner in crime, Ashley Strohlein, has gone a few times, but Thursday morning was my first time out there. We uh, have been watching some of what's been going on online here. Obviously, the team has been doing a live stream. You followed that, I'm sure, yourself. And uh, Billy and I were just talking a minute ago about what you can glean and what you shouldn't try to from these early practices. <laughs> but uh, give me some impressions from your first real day there at camp today. I saw some of your videos, obviously the McCaffrey play. And uh, you know, there's a new punter in town. We'll talk about that. But uh, what did it look like out there? What was the vibe? What was the feel? Give us an impression. Yeah, well, I mean, I know this is probably an unheard of take, but um, when I was out there today, I thought Christian McCaffrey looked great. Oh, uh, he <laughs> made a lot of great plays. Yeah, yeah he, he's at the point where he's just like, you know, toying with people. He made like a one-handed catch <laughs> in a one-on-one against Tahir Whitehead that I tweeted that, you know, Whitehead had pretty good coverage, like borderline holding, uh, and still couldn't do anything about it. So there was that. I would just, you know, the one thing that jumped out to me today, and like I said, you know, we see bits and pieces, you know, it's a pretty expansive field, we're not in the bubble, but the one thing that really stood out to me today, again, not really going out on a limb, but I think it's, you know, something to be excited about uh, and, and kind of promote the excitement that's already been happening around DJ Moore, but I just think he looks really confident, you know, when he goes up for a ball, he he's in control of his body, of his hands. Uh, you know, no matter where the ball is thrown, he almost always is able to catch it and he's getting really good separation in camp. Definitely noticed that today. I know others have too. Uh, but you know, as this guy and, and fans look for DJ Moore to make that jump this year in year three to like an all pro type wide receiver, I'd be pretty excited about what they've gotten him because he just, just seems that he's kind of, you know, growing into his in, into his skin a little bit here in year three. Not not that he wasn't confident the past two years, but you know, you know how it goes for a rookie and a second year player in the NFL. I, I think he's ready to make that jump, and and I'd be surprised if he didn't have a really good year. And one thing I want to speak about specifically when it comes to these uh, the team portions, um, I think most you know most people expect the Panthers' offense is better than their defense, but I'm surprised at the amount of um, you know, how well the offense is doing against against the defense. Do you attribute that just to, you know, the defense still really isn't an, a cohesive unit right now, or is it just the talent on offense is kind of overwhelming um, the defensive side right now? Billy, I had to give you that coach answer, but a little bit of both. 
<laughs> I mean, I, so I think both of those things are at play, really. I mean, where we are in camp, you know, really just let's see Monday, Tuesday, no Wednesday, Thursday, you know, three days into padded practices where it actually is football out there. And, you know, you've got seven defensive draft picks. You've got a new middle linebacker, obviously Derek Brown being new up front, a new cornerback opposite Dante Jackson with James Bradbury gone and a new coach and a new system and new position coaches. I mean, that is going to take a while. And, you know, with no preseason games, you know, it's going to take the season for that really to come together, I think. And, and, and that's okay, given the circumstances. And on offense, you know, you talked about the talent. You've just got a lot of guys, you know, it's just like screams competence to me. Like Teddy Bridgewater is a competent NFL quarterback. Robbie Anderson is a competent NFL wide receiver. Christian McCaffrey is a great NFL running back. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're not really sure what's going on up front and that's going to be a big question mark, you know, in terms of who the personnel is actually going to be at, at certain spots and how that five man group is going to operate. But skill position wise, certainly, I think you can just look at that offense and say, there's a bunch of NFL guys that kind of know what they're doing out there. Sure thing. Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte joins us. He was at Panthers camp today as we speak to you on Thursday. This is a Friday release of our podcast. So, you never know what can change, like, uh, say, a new punter, which just happened here. <laughs> uh, Corey Volvic, I believe is now. I, I sure. name in front of me here. One sure, John. Yeah, I don't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to, he's, he's a Norwegian, yeah. Yeah, and he's a works. hell of a story. He punted, I don't know this much about the kid. He punted one 92 yards at Marshall. He's Oof. Norwegian. What what do you what do you make of Joe Charlton? I know I do, yeah, I've seen a couple of videos from guys, you know, that you highlight the worst things possible sometimes in camp or the best things possible. And obviously you can't judge a guy from one or maybe two punts, but I saw one of your tweets saying people run on Cedar Street. This ain't safe. Uh, Joe Charlton's had a rough time shaking punts over the wall there. Do you think this is a, a permanent replacement here or just a little competition? You know, just given the new punt, I'm not even going to try the name, the new punters, you know, lack of experience also, I don't think is necessarily a cut and dry Charlton is out, but certainly, you know, I think Matt Rule wants to light a fire under this guy and say, okay, buddy, like, you know, this is it. <laughs> like, yeah, you, know, you can't be shanking balls into Cedar Street and, you know, having people from Johnson <laughs> and Wales having to go get them. If anybody's familiar with that area, I mean, yes, you know, he does have, you know, he's kind of like tall and lanky and has a long and powerful leg. Uh, and we've seen that on display, but we've seen some bad ones on display. Kind of just, you know, dead ducks floating in the air, shanks on the Cedar Street like we saw today. Uh, so, you know, by no means is, is this competition over, but it's an actual competition now uh, because it was not before. And and maybe this is what gets Charlton going or maybe this kind of Norwegian kid can continue his amazing story. I think believe I read today that he played, you know, high school football in Kansas as an exchange student and wanted to be a wide receiver. And they said, yeah, you're going to punt. And, you know, he punts <laughs> and kicks, punts and kicks. So the versatility is there, too. God forbid, in case anything happened to Joey Sly, you've got a guy in the roster yeah. that kicked field goals. I mean, to me, he almost comes in and, well, I guess pun intended, has a leg up on Joe Charlton yeah. at this point. Yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> delete that. <laughs> no, I will not delete that. Oh, that's in our <laughs> promo. Don't worry. <laughs> but I think, you know, it, it also speaks to what a luxury it was for the Panthers to have Michael Pilardi on the roster the last few years. A guy that, you know, turned himself in. I covered him in college. He turned himself into a a very, very solid NFL punter, a guy who could, you know, put it on a dime, 
you know, within the 20 and the 10 yard line. And before that, Andy Lee could had it on a string too. So, and, and, uh, I wasn't here in 16 or 15. I know they had a, the, the guy that went to Jacksonville was pretty good as well. So, uh, Norman, you know, yeah. now you're dealing with guys that really have no NFL experience and, and that's been showing mm-hmm. so far in camp. So I'm curious how, what you, what your impressions are of like a, a lot of like the trenches, I guess, the offensive line gets a defensive line. Cause that's, um, you know, an area where the Panthers did a lot of made a lot of changes um, on both sides. What has stood out to you, you know, today? Because I mean, it was padded, so you get a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a little more information on who's looking better than the other side. Yeah, you know, Billy, and like I said, it it was such a limited. It's such a limited sample size for me, only being out there the one day. I. I <laughs> I think that the guys that you would expect to do well in those drills did today. Um, you know, Yeter, Gross Matos, which is exciting. Derek Brown, Brian Burns, and, you know, the guys, some of the, the depth pieces on the offensive line, you know, didn't fare so well against some of those moves. Um, you know, the offensive line, it's so crazy how the pendulum has swung on that. I think going into the 2019 season, I saw the offensive line listed as a potentially top 10 offensive line in the league. And, give them credit for what they've helped Christian McCaffrey do the last few years, but obviously it hasn't been good enough, uh, especially last year, you know, bringing on Matt Paradis uh, at center, it, at least in year one, uh, you know, it doesn't look good so far, a few more years left, and, and now he's in his second season and maybe he's a bit more comfortable there. Uh, you know, you're working in guys like Dennis Daly from South Carolina, who's a really, really good prospect, I think, but, you know, w- he's had to play tackle and, and hopefully he can just play guard this year and, and find a spot left or right mm-hmm. uh, that, that suits him, him better. Russell Okung. I mean, you know, the rumors that he was going to retire and, and, and even beyond that, um, you know, bringing him along slowly right now, you know, is he going to be the left tackle? I think they definitely need to need to extend Taylor Moten because, you know, you're extending him as your right tackle, but he could be the left tackle like tomorrow. And, uh, you know, Greg Little and, and all the questions that come with him. So, you know, I think I think the the reasons that everybody's more excited about the defensive line than the offensive line are, are completely valid from a number of standpoints. I think one of the things you can learn, uh, you talk about the trenches at a camp, especially when it's, uh, you know, a squad versus squad situation. We had Buffalo in town last year. Nick, you remember this. Uh, oh, you can yeah. see in the trenches when things are going south and you can see it better than when they're going north. And last year you could see this offensive line, even when they were healthy, was going to struggle. I mean, they, when Buffalo came to town, they mopped the floor with that offensive line. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, we got it the tape to prove it. it, it, it was <laughs> yeah. re- you've got the footage. I've got the footage. It was really bad. Uh, t- talk about the atmosphere, though. I mean, I know from from a evaluation standpoint, we, we get it. I mean, if if. If Matt Bowen was there, if some of the great, greatest X and O minds were there, they could come up with the same type of analysis you're giving us now because there's not a whole lot you can glean. But mm-hmm. the atmosphere, there's no Cam Newton. There hasn't been a Thomas Davis. There's no Luke Keekley. There's obviously a new coaching staff. It's more of a college field. There's guys doing push-ups out there before practice ends. Uh, what, does it feel more like a college atmosphere right now, or, or does it still feel like a Panthers practice? Just Just give us a sense of what it feels like being out there. Well, yeah, it's not going to feel like a Panthers practice, at least, you know, since I've been here without Cam Newton being out there. I think that was one of those blatantly obvious things to me, right. like the freight train that goes by the stadium went by and the horn didn't honk and there wasn't Cam Newton out there 
dancing and and yeah. and calling for that for that you know <laughs> but I, I i think you know it, it i don't want to say it's a collegiate like practice i mean there's the whole thing where you know rule has some of the guys do push-ups that's a little different and, and we'll see in the long run how that all plays so far the guys have been towing the line and saying you know we're, we we're rallying around coach and uh we respect him and, and they're saying all the right things but you know we'll see what happens when the season starts and we start getting into game situations, how they truly respond to this new head coach. But yeah, I think it's a pretty, you know, fairly energetic practice, not to the level of when you had guys that, and part of that comes with familiarity. I mean, familiarity breeds contempt, right? So Thomas Davis and Cam Newton, after so many times of just battling each other in the heat of Spartanburg, absolutely it worked (laughs) up to that point. I just think everybody's kind of getting to know each other. Matt rule said today that, you know, guys are still trying to figure out what they're, you know, doing in certain drills, what's expected in certain drills. I mean, it's that basic at this point, because yeah. even though it's August 20, 20th, you know, it's still the first week of padded practice under a new <laughs> coach with a lot of new players. So, you know, I, I think it's professional. Uh, it's it's energetic and workmanlike. Uh, and we'll see if if all that comes with it. I, I think it'd be great if, if a little bit more of that came with it down the road with these guys. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help you soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. Now, a lot of CBD products claim organic, but contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion, or massage oil to recover, or body balm for targeted relief. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one, free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash blue wire, but only till Labor Day, folks. Go right now to theragun.com slash blue wire. And I want to get into um, a, a lot has been made about Joe Brady and what he's going to bring into the offense. Based on what you saw today, was there any, like, ex- I guess, how did you judge the team periods on when the offense played? Like, was there anything new or interesting that they did that you haven't seen in the past? And um, because obviously the anticipation of his offense is going to be a big part of the season and how they perform. So um, I'm curious if you know there was any type of wrinkles with um, you know alignment that you know maybe they had Samuel line up in the slot or the backfield or stuff something that you kind of took away from um, watching the offense. I definitely would look for that next week as guys, like I said, guys get more comfortable with what's going on at practice and, and the coaches kind of get more comfortable and, and they start working towards that first opponent in the Las Vegas Raiders, but really have not, did not at least today see anything 
that stood out in terms of that. It's just kind of, you know, getting Will Greer reps with the twos, getting PJ Walker reps with the twos, obviously getting Bridgewater uh, to go up against, you know, the, the defense and their, the starting defense and they're all black jerseys. Um, you know, did a little four minute offense as well. Uh, just kind of typical basic stuff. I wish I had something more jazzy for you guys, but really they have not shown anything like that. And we're, you know, at the entire practice, including those 11 on 11s. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is the time the last few years, especially under North Turner. I mean, let's give them credit. They tried to put some wrinkles in there too. Uh, and we would see him at practice, you know, McCaffrey going into some jet sweep, uh, mm. you know, that you're not supposed to videotape, but you do. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. We did that by Oops. accident, by the way, but we did not show it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, I think that will happen. I, like, I don't want to I don't want to say like, well, this team's going to be incredibly vanilla, but they might be for a while. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, even heading into that Raiders game, because this that's in all affect the preseason game at this point especially for yeah. this new team so I, I think it will happen uh it just has not happened yet as far as i'm concerned well let, let's shift our focus to the regular season here and talk about it from a uh from a covid perspective from a logistics perspective what's the latest that, that you're hearing from the league from the panthers particularly when it comes to attendance when it comes to a plan moving forward are they set on a plan or is this something they're they're still evaluating in terms of uh, fan attendance. Yeah, the the sense I get from the Panthers is that they would like to have fans in the stadium this year. And, you know, you just all you have to do around the league is look where teams are and what, you know, to, to see what they've decided. You know, Jacksonville and, uh, you know, other teams in Florida, you know, maybe opening things up a little bit earlier. L.A. is not doing it at all. It doesn't sound like. Uh, the Panthers, you know, even the last few weeks have sent, I think it was last week, late last week, did send PSL owners a letter, you know, basically saying, like, we're evaluating this. You know, it's it's something that we are definitely wanting to do, bring limited fans uh, back to the stadium in Charlotte this year, you know, and, and PSL owners had to opt into that or they got a refund or, you know, some other sort of compensation right. uh, with their seat, seats and everything like that and, and get, get to do do it big next year, obviously, but there's a certain group of fans that have opted in, said they would come to games this year. And I think at this point it's, you know, where we are as a state health wise, where we are as a state in terms of reopening uh, and, and then the Panthers will do it. It's interesting. I think North Carolina is set to be back in phase three. If all goes well, September 11th. And obviously that first game is at home, September 13th. I don't know if that's enough time to, to make that turn for the franchise and, and get, you know, 15,000 people set and, and in seats and, and have everything ready. Um, I personally think that it will happen this year. Uh, the Gamecocks just announced they're bringing 20,000 fans on Saturdays at williams Bryce. at this point. South Carolina is a little bit, you know, ahead of North Carolina, if you want to put it that way, in terms of reopening. I think it'll happen for the Panthers, just not sure exactly when, and, and it may not happen the first few games. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the biggest question. I do think they are doing well from a COVID testing perspective. Absolutely. Nobody on the list still as of this taping Thursday, and and not a lot of teams can say that. The vast majority have had to put somebody on. But league-wide, the numbers are low, um, and a lot of guys have come off that list now. So without it being a true bubble, it's it's been bubble-esque, I can say. Definitely. Um, 
you just wrote a piece about Farrell Cooper, and John and I have been kind of discussing him um, a few times on this podcast. What can you like? Can you give us like a preview of that article and how you think he's going to be kind of fitting in with this team, either as a returner and a receiver, or one or the other? Yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out, and and it was fun to talk to Pharaoh today. Uh, he's obviously got the South Carolina Gamecocks connection. He's from Havelock, North Carolina. Uh, you know, I think it's it's a good landing spot for him. You know, he's just one of those guys that was so electric when he came into the league, had the year with the Rams in 2017 where he was, you know, I think he led the league in um, return kick return average. It was named All-Pro as a return man and and did well on punts as well. Took took a kick back to the house, I think 100, 304 yards. Uh, and, you know, I, I think, you know, he probably fit, you know, think of all the athletes the Rams had, uh, I think he got injured a little bit there. The, the kickoff, you know, obviously changed, you know, in terms of wedge blocking, but also in terms of the kickoff team having to start from a full stop. Uh, so I think there's an adjustment there too. He, he's bounced around a little bit, but you know, he comes to a team that needs his talent specifically in that role. So in terms of you know wide receiver, I, I think he's far down the list, but I think he's a guy you keep on the team because of his ability at punt and kick return. He's still pretty young. Still seems like he's got a lot of that athleticism and burst. You know, I I'm excited to see what he can do there uh, because you know the Panthers, as we all know, have have really struggled in that department. They haven't returned a kick in two years, and I think before that there was a long streak as well where they hadn't. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I I think he could be pretty good. I was excited about the pickup. Um, you know, I know it was three or four seasons ago now that that he had a big year. Uh, but this is really why he's here. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he's not here to be, you know, an, an every down receiver. He might get in there now and then, but, but I think this is something he can really, really focus and hone in on here. Yeah. I saw uh, Matt talked about, they potentially will, will keep up to seven on the roster, their wide receivers. And, you know, I think uh, one of those, if they do that, I mean, that would be superfluous, I think, but based on their offensive needs schematically, that might be where they go. And I think, uh, I think Farrow fits in nicely with the return game. Billy and I talked about this on our, our last preview we did. You, you brought it up. Uh, Demir Bird was the last returner that uh, returned one, and they have had consistency issues there where they tried DJ Moore for a while, the fumbling issues. You right know, right McLeod. Yeah, McLeod. <laughs> right on the list. Oh, it's just a mess. But let, let me let me close you out with this, Nick, before we get you out of here. I know you've got the, you got the draft lottery coming up tonight. You've got a lot of stuff coming up uh, from your end, and you've had a hell of a day here. Uh, Let's just get your impression on where Carolina's heading this year. I saw our friend Nick Wilson from FNZ post a poll earlier. If Carolina was two and fourteen, would that be a good thing or bad thing? You know, a lot of people have the opinion they should tank, be as bad as possible. But here's the thing: they've added, I think, enough pieces offensively to where the two wins. <laughs> I guess I'm going to put it this way: it's going to be hard to get two wins. I think maybe four or five is where they're at. Maybe six mm-hmm. if they really catch a few breaks. Do you have a sense of where this team's heading this year, Nick? Yeah, I think it's about that. I mean, handful of wins, I guess, you know, without putting a number on it, but giving you a sense. I think, like I like I mentioned earlier, and I'll sum up now, this is a, a, a competent offense with a really, really exciting, uh, I guess, call him prospect, that offensive coordinator in Joe Brady. So really excited to see what he can do. Uh, obviously, the offensive line has got to be there. But, you know, given the, you know, lack of experience and, as you mentioned, cohesiveness on defense – uh, and and the youth on defense and the lack of preseason. I mean, 
just it blows my mind every time I think about the fact that it is August 20th as we tape this, and the Panthers have practiced in pad th- pads three times. Now, I know Nuts all 32 the- teams, yeah, all 32 teams are in that boat, but the, the New Orleans Saints are going to handle <laughs> that a whole lot better than the Carolina sure. Panthers simply because of the continuity. So I, right. I think you're, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. I think they're going to lose a lot of games, but I think they could steal a few games too. And, and provide some excitement that way. Uh, I, I honestly don't, you know, I don't care so much what the team's record is at the end of the year. This year, I do think it's about where they're going. It's about player development. And it's about Matt Rule finding his footing as a head coach. And, and you know, let's see if he can outcoach some guys, even if it's not to get a win, even if it's in certain situations. I would love to see what he can do in-game and Joe Brady, too. So I, I think a handful of wins is it's probably where they're headed. That's a great point about coaching, too. Let's see. Uh, we're Phil Snow, Joe Brady, Matt Rule, who all three have called zero plays in the NFL, stack up uh, as play callers and, and game managers in the NFL. Nick Carboni, WCNC Charlotte, has been our guest. Uh, get some plugs out there, Nick. What can we look forward to? Ooh, well, we got a new podcast. It's called Off the Clock with Carboni. Releases yeah, every man. Friday on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. And... I guess if this is coming out Friday, so is mine. So listen to both, please. And uh, and uh, this week, I'm I'm super pumped. We have Wes Helms. He's a Gastonian, North Carolina native, former major leaguer, Atlanta Brave, and was set to be the manager of his home state, home city team, the Charlotte Knights, this year before everything went down. Uh, so he was super bummed about that. Great guy. Great stories about playing on those Braves teams. And just kind of wrapping it up with the the – the current situation. He is actually in charge of the quote unquote taxi squad for the Chicago white Sox. So he is outside of Chicago, Illinois, getting all the other guys in the system ready in case they are needed a case of, of an outbreak or anything else. Uh, they can, they can head to Chicago. So the white Sox organization thinks a lot of them and, and he's a local guy and, and uh, has a, has a lot of good stuff to say. Very good. Yeah, great podcast, by the way. We look forward to listening to that, and uh, we'll, we'll be subscribing, of course, and promoting that out for you. And uh, we wish you all the best, Nick. We'll talk to you down the road, buddy. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like to be playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.